There's no spells in this one. Or is there? It's time for what this one. Welcome to What the Spell, a Dwemer design in Dungeons and Dragons. I'm your dungeon master, Joe. And I am a person named Kim. That's the thing. You've got to be the person, Kim. You're the dungeon master. I'm the person. I am the one who is in charge of all of the traps and all the monsters, and I never hold hands with girls. Those are the three major things about me. While everyone was out kissing, I mastered the 20-sided die. You mastered something. God damn you. <laughs> I'm just gonna keep eating until the Sit. snack is gone. I hope that's okay. As with long everybody. as you're not playing Minecraft. <laughs> no, I closed it. It's Good. too tempting. And I'm about to find treasure, so you're you're welcome that I'm here instead of there. I found the treasure map and I went to the place and I'm very close and I'm digging. It's gonna happen. Stop playing Minecraft. So here's No, I'm what, not. I'm so not playing what, Minecraft. It's just me chewing on bananas. Last time we we did our show, our fun show, we Ran into, once again, the seventh time in a row where a spell was not in fourth edition. It went zero, first, second, third. Mm -hmm. Then nothing happened. Skipped fourth, yeah. Skipped fourth. Which everybody uh, says is the Windows Vista of... Uh of the indie. Go on. Fourth edition, the quest for the rule books. And then finally we hopped into fifth edition again, the Anno Domini. And to prepare for this episode, I was going to intentionally get the 4E book and work outward. That was what I planned to do. Oh, by the way, for those of you who are not like keen on the lingo, when he says 4E, he means fourth edition. The fourth edition of Dungeons and Dragons from the late 2000s that lasted until like the, the early to mid aughts when they got it fifth edition. So it was around for a while. Um, and they had like four, they had a bunch of books. It was really weird. Like there's so many books for this edition. You know, also was really popular in the late, 2000s what Kim? the pussycat dolls so put that in your uh fucking pipe so and smoke it what's in my time capsule my 2000s time capsule can we got the fourth edition dungeons and dragons we got the pussycat dolls like they're jason moraz i'm yours that was another one were fidget spinners then no they were fidget spinners were much later later okay what was in that period of time houses that cost seventy eight thousand dollars houses we got a whole house that cost seventy eight thousand dollars <laughs> mm-hmm did we still have Jesus? Was Katy Perry in there? Katy Perry is in there. She sung what? Closer, close, close, close up, closer, close, close down. Cl 2008. Katy when, Perry. There was Go. an Xbox 360 in there, I think. Oh God, she looked great that year. Good for you, Katy Perry. Anyway, so fourth edition. It came out in the 2000s. Oh, I kissed a girl. That was in 2008. Uh, Katy Perry's song. <laughs> It just sounds like I'm making a huge admission. Well, it was huge then. Now it's like, okay, we have gone wildly <laughs> off the rails. <laughs> oh, you know what? I'm going to blame Sargento's balance breaks. Because <laughs> that's what really set me off. Is that your, is that your snack the of choice? Sweet escape. Yeah. I got to tell you, it's got a little, it's half cheese. The ratio is beautiful. Yeah. Half white cheddar, half it's a, it's a, and then the, it's a mix of three things, dark chocolate, dried cranberries and dried banana chips, which you will hear when you listen to my recording. Because it is, yeah, mm, it's, it's loud. A, it's going to be a feast for all the senses, but primarily listening. 
it's really good. But so, anyway, what were we talking about again? We are talking about, <laughs> so you and I are comedy people. We make a podcast about Dungeons and Dragons. We've been friends now for about seven to eight years. Um, okay, so the, the one thing that we kept running into as people who make this show was it's weird that we've never gotten a spell in fourth edition. It consistently, and we were picking like the hits, like how is it possible we keep not finding a spell? And I actually think at some level it's because the way that we were describing the thing that we were looking for is different in 4E. Go on. The concept of a spell doesn't really exist in 4E in the way that we understand it. Every character is sort of normalized to have the exact same language to describe the things they do. Um. And by that I mean every character has what are called powers. So wizards don't have power, don't have spells. They have powers. Um. Fighters have powers. Sorcerers have powers. Everyone has powers. It's just called powers. It has one name for all of these things, and they all. Have oh, so we thing. were looking. We were looking for spells. We should have been looking for powers. We should have been looking for powers. Now, what's weird is in fourth edition, they do use the word. You can't get away from using the word spell or magic. It's like stupid. You just can't get away from it. But the way that they sort of describe it, the way they frame it, is different. So if I am, they had a class called the Warlord, which is nothing. <laughs> It's not a class. If I was the warlord and I have powers of a warlord, what is the source of my power? I'm 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 strength based. Mm, What's my mag- power source? Is it magic? Is it spells? No, it is Marshall. Wait, it's a dude named Marshall? Capital M Marshall? It's Marshalls, where you get this just the top brands. No, it was a stupid word. <laughs> Marshall as in like, I'm really good at lifting weights. <laughs> yeah. That's what it means. I got it. Okay. So, so I have to, so I'm dealing with this with Pip right now where he'll say, guess what this is called? And I'll be like, it's an apple. And he's like, I call it blah, blah. And I'm like, well, if you call it blah, blah, nobody's going to know what the heck you're talking about. Yeah. Is this what edition, the fourth edition is where they're like, we don't call it magic. We call it, you know, yes. fruit Tuesday. Yeah, <laughs> you're we like, well, it, you can't, yeah. if you call it fruit Tuesday, nobody's going to know what you're talking about. We've been calling it magic for 40 years. That's right, Kim. And actually wizards, their power source is fruit Tuesday. <laughs> They channel the power of Fruit Tuesday from extensive study and hidden knowledge to prepare for all the fruit they're going to eat this Tuesday. So the term for a wizard's power source is arcane, as in magic. They do magic, but they can't say magic. Wait, what is this? Did they get jinxed? I don't wait. Why did they do this? What was their thought process? Walk me through what happened here. So it's hard for me to guess. It's not for Joe to say. <laughs> reading through third edition, like spells is like reading a fucking chemistry textbook. Like it's really complicated. Spells have different domains. They have different like sins that they're associated with. They can only be used by certain classes at certain levels. So like the idea with fourth edition, everything is simple, but it's so simple. It's like, it's idiotic how simple it is. The idea that 
you would need to know the source of your power as a wizard is pointless. The the warlock class, their power source is also arcane. The the arcane. sorcerer class, their power is also arcane because they all do magic. It's kind of like, why are you calling it this? But then you also get the thing of like, well, if we don't, if we just say magic, then what do we say that fighters have? Muscle? And it's like, yeah, I guess. Like, yeah, I don't why know. Not? What are they? Or strength or... Or dexterity. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, and then the other one was, if you are a paladin, you don't do magic. You, you do divine manifestations. So like prayer. Or miracles, but it's but your power source is divine. It comes from a from from a deity. But that also is kind of weird because that's sort of how warlocks work. But you're differentiating it for no particular reason, right? If you just think about it from like a design perspective, what matters is that you have powers. They come from a place, and the places are functionally equivalent to one another. Can I can I read to you the dictionary definition of arcane? <laughs> Because it uses it in a sentence. And I love the way the dictionary uses things in a sentence. Kim, I will allow it. Defined from the Oxford languages, arcane, understood by few, mysterious or secret. The sentence they use is modern math and its arcane notions. <laughs> oh, no, wait, sorry. Arcane notations? Does that make more sense? Well, Kim, I actually think notions is better. It was like, wait a minute, let me get this straight. I have four, but that's also two times two. You fuck out of here. Go yeah, whatever. The fuck. Um, yeah, I just give me a calculator. Well, that was the first time I ever read a dictionary definition that I was like, I should be paying more attention attention to the dictionary. There's slipping shit in there that you just don't even know about. I was playing a rhyming game with a friend of mine in college, which we were way too old to be playing a rhyming game at a at a family party and we got but you were also way too high to be at a family party and not doing this she she was actually not a drug doer uh but anyway we got on the topic of the word druthers and so we looked it up in the dictionary and the sentence that they use is so perfect because you know exactly what it means given my druthers i'd eat cake <laughs> <laughs> that means and i think about that like on a weekly basis given my druthers i'd eat cake thanks dictionary uh yeah it's in the dictionary look it up read a book well now let me see if it's still in there what did they change why would they take druthers out Kim? oh now it says if i had my druthers i'd prefer to be a writer that's not nearly as good fuck you i like the cake one more it's funner it's more whimsical give me give me 2008 oh my god it was probably right around 2007 2008 that i googled that we would have had to go online oh kim we gotta throw that in the time capsule <laughs> in the time capsule okay so they flattened all the classes so that like the differences between them are like arbitrary yeah Wizards shouldn't be so much more wildly powerful than fighters. I do sometimes wonder why the wizards were given all of the powers. So was this, was was E4 made to like try to even the playing field a little bit so we, ha we would have less wizards? Are we having too many? Was there was like, a, was there a glut of wizards? There was a lot of wizards. Too many wizards. Which I would think that people would go for the muscly guys. 
I think the problem they were trying to solve, it's a problem that you only solve if all you do is argue with other people who this is all they think about. Well, I mean, yeah, and that's that's basically Dungeons and Dragons. So the premise is like, why doesn't the wizard just do X? Wizards have magic. They can just do anything. And a fighter is like, I'm a guy with a sword. And the implication is you should never be at the same power level as a wizard because wizards can, like, control reality and shit. So they're bringing a sword to a magic fight. Right. But now it's a... Just, now it's Fruit Tuesday, and that all we do is fight with Fruit Tuesday. <laughs> Fruit Tuesday, so, yeah. So they're trying to solve what seems like a logic problem, which is a fighter would never really be as strong as a wizard. I mean, you could really argue this with rock, paper, scissors. You could. But then you f turn that on its head slightly and you go, but wizards aren't real. Right. Exactly. So the idea is the wizard's power level is so high for a thing that doesn't exist in reality. I've seen a grown man lift up a tractor tire. People can get pretty fucking strong. Okay. That's true. That's true. You ever see those, uh, those... Lumberjack competitions. Those yeah. guys are jack. I would, I would. They are lumberjacked, as we would yeah, say. Yeah, I would. Yeah, basically. That's where the name comes from. And I would say. When I think of fighters in D&D, I literally think of lumberjacks. Yeah. Also, uh, vocabulary.com is where Given My Druthers ID Cake came from. Just so we're all on the same page. We can put them in there too in that time capsule of ours. Yeah. Because <laughs> when I was, because it was probably like what, pre-Google. I'm like <laughs> typing it into MapQuest or whatever the fuck you were using <laughs> as a search engine in 2008. I would if if I saw a lumberjack and I saw a wizard and you were like one of these people has magic, I'd still be like, mm, I'm betting that the lumberjack is just going to punch the wizard and that's going to be the end of it. <laughs> that to me is sort of the impulse here because there's no reason to do this unless you're trying to make wizards less special or fighters more special. But that's actually like. That's the worst possible way to try to introduce a concept of balance. Either way. So, so could they have given magic to the fighters? There's a lot of things they could have done. And I can get into that, but but giving magic to fighters, yes, they could have. And in 5e, they kind of did. Some fighters can do magic, and every class can sort of be every other class. So, like, yes, they that's what they did. Um, for wizards. You do get spells that we would be familiar with, but the way that you get them is um, in the power system. And it's basically like you have a daily spell, you have an encounter spell, and you have an at-will spell. So, like, wizards have cantrips, but the cantrip is just the wizard name for an at-will spell. Yeah, I uh, I was just reading about cantrips in this book I got recently for my birthday. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, so I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, so Kim, I can it, no longer describe myself as somebody who doesn't know anything about D&D &D because I read about a page and a half of this book every night before I go to bed. So I'm like six pages in. So Kim, so um, just so you know, one of the cantrips in 4E that wizards have is prestidigitation. Every yep. wizard gets that. But here's what's weird. Prestidigitation is not a choice. You just get it. Right. You just have it. Well, it doesn't cost anything and you don't have to concentrate to do it, right? So you can just like run it all the time. The sort of idea here is that you're, um, you have these powers that aren't necessarily like dangerous and powers that are dangerous. And like the cantrips are not dangerous. They don't do damage. So as far yeah. as I can tell, you just get them 
and it doesn't matter that you have them. They have prestidigitation, they have mage hand, they have light, which is the ability to just make a beam of light somewhere, and ghost sound. Boo! <laughs> I know. <laughs> just it's, feels good. Yeah, it's very good. Yeah, but basically, yeah, so cantrip, the dictionary definition of cantrip is a mischievous or playful act, a trick. They don't use it in a sentence. Um, it's described as archaic and Scottish. <laughs> That's very weird and also racist. Um, <laughs> so so the prestidigitation, and I'm only going to say this one just, just to make it clear that like prestidigitation has been done dirty in every edition. We didn't find it when we talked about it originally, but that's why this footnote is here. Prestidigitation, use the cantrip to accomplish the other effects. Move one pound of material. Already that's incredibly good. Create a harmless sensory effect, shower of sparks, puff of wind, faint music, strong odor. Color, clean, or soil. Instantly light or snuff out a Campbell. Uh, not a camel, a candle, torch, or a small campfire. <laughs> Chill, warm, or flavor one pound of lobbying material. Make a small marker symbol. Produce out of nothing a small item or image and make a small handheld item invisible until the end of your next turn. And then it says here, nothing you create with this cantrip can deal damage, serve as a weapon or a tool, or hinder another creature's actions. That last line, or hinder another creature's actions, mm-hmm. that's not a thing that exists anymore. That you cannot hinder someone else's actions. What you are literally saying is, this spell is not allowed to do anything that isn't only affecting you. I cannot make you be covered with diarrhea nonstop. Yeah, because that would hinder my actions. That would hinder your actions. I'm not allowed to do that. That's the first thing. Like the the like the the use of powers, the use of cantrips, they the the language issue. That's a big reason why we can't find spells when we're looking so for I'm looking up for this show the use of the word cantrip yeah over the last 222 years <laughs> uh so got really popular in about 1874 people were talking a lot about cantrips <laughs> and then it went in and out of popularity until about 1906 when it really fell off the radar and then just magically sometime around I'm going to say 1979, 1980, <laughs> it shot back up in popularity to an all-time high in 2017. Um, so, <laughs> so cantrips really have D&D to thank for coming back into popularity. Almost nobody, almost no one was talking about cantrips. Yeah, and now in, we In fucking... the 1940s, 50s, 60s barely getting mentioned at all but i tell you what something really magical or excuse me powerful (laughs) happened in 1980 uh brought brought home that cantrip talk this is really i'm all about etymology of words now this is uh, we're out of this what the spell now i'm in a dictionary welcome to kim's dick it's a podcast where i talk about dictionaries (laughs) i mean technically technically kim we are doing sort of a dictionary podcast when you think about it the other thing, and, and this is also something that I ran into as I was looking through this, certain spells pop up again like they're supposed to, but then some don't. It is the spell, but it's like the wrong name, or it's like a different name that you didn't think to, like you never would have thought to call it this, but this is what it's called here. So you remember our friend Bigby and all his hands, right? Yeah, yeah. His, He's got a lot of giant hands. hands. So Bigby, we got Bigby spells in here. But uh, is it his hands? Well, okay. Big B's four fingers and a thumb. B- Big B's, Big B's shocking grasp. So, 
I know, right? It's so gross. So Bigby has two spells in here, which is way more than I was expecting, but also way less than every other edition, except for fifth. One is a level 15 daily spell, meaning this is a, a nuke. You cast this once per day, and it better kill whatever you cast it at, because you're not casting it again. Bigby's grasping hands, two hands of glowing golden force materialize, grab a couple of your foes and slam them together. Ew, but cool. So the, the effect is two five foot tall hands of force, each one occupying one square. Each hand attacks one adjacent creature. A hand that is not grabbing a target can be moved and made to attack a new target within uh, range as a move action. The hands last until the end of your next turn, which is not very long. The damage is 2d10 plus intelligence. Um, the hands are... If the hands have each grabbed an enemy, you can slam them into each other as a sustained action, dealing 1d10 force damage uh, to each grabbed target. After the attack, each hand returns to its original square with its grabbed uh, target. It is a baffling series of concepts in there because it makes it seem like the hands need to stick around, but they literally can't. The turn after you've cast this, Kim, at the end of that, they're gone. It's stupid. That's one of them. That's one of Big B's cool hands. You want to know the other cool hand, Kim? Show me. It's almost kind of like a fuck you, this other hand, because it, it also sort of deals with another spell we really like. Big B's icy grasp. <gasps> you conjure a giant floating hand made of chiseled ice. The clutches frozen freezes them. As a move action, you can move the hand up to six squares. 2d8 plus intelligence cold damage and the hand grabs the target if the target attempts escape the hand can yeah you're not going anywhere okay no i think that's stupid i would much rather stab someone with an icicle of pee i know there's no icicle of pee spell oddly enough i'm assuming i'm going to have to buy an extra book for that one but the point is they they've sort of there's two big b spells in here neither of them really do the thing that you wanted right they have they have spells like like Bigby, what we're used to, but the way that they frame them is wrong. They are all either considered attacks or utilities. In D&D, normal D&D, that we have been used to this entire time, spells have levels, because magic has rules. <laughs> spells have levels. What's yeah. the highest level spell, Kim? Uh, highest level spell is nine. Okay. That's good that you know that. Yeah, you're fucking welcome. I read a book. What is the highest level spell... In fourth edition, uh, seven, 18. Higher. 21. Higher. 100. Too high. Damn it. Well, that's <laughs> stupid. It's already dumb, right? So, 30 is the highest level spell. Explain yourself. So, in fourth edition, at level 30, your character reaches what is described in game rules as their destiny. So those are a lot of words I just said that don't necessarily mean anything. So allow me to explain, Kim. In fourth edition, the idea was you would stick with this one character that you made and you would level them up over many campaigns over many, many, many years. And they would continue to level until they completed what we would think of as like a personal quest and and reach 30th level. Like becoming 30th level is the end of your wizard's journey. That's it. At level 30, you reach what's known as your epic destiny. I'm listening. And there's a couple listed here. I think they're intended to be examples. 
but maybe they're not. Level 30, at level 30, as a wizard, you gain the ultimate arcane formula that constituted and reached new threshold. You can choose one daily spell, and you can now cast that spell as an encounter spell, which sounds pathetic when I say it out loud. You've, you've reached the ultimate understanding of all magic. Take a daily spell. It is now a spell you can cast once per battle. <laughs> and that's it. It is idiotic. It um, kind of seems like a, a cheap level up. It's a stupid thing. And if you're at this level, like, what point does it serve? There's also the thing of archmages. So these are high-level wizards. They have what's called immortality of a sort. When you complete uh, your final quest, uh, gain arcane seclusion where you uh, retreat from the world to give your full time and attention to the study of the ultimate arcane formula, the Demi spell, whose hyperplanar existence encompasses all lesser spells there ever were or will be, which, as we pointed out, just means you can make a daily spell, an encounter spell. To aid in your study, you gain an archmage lair, uh, a tower in the lost elemental chaos, perhaps. Um, regardless of your retreat's physical form or temporal connection, your contemplation of the Arcanosphere persists. So, Kim, the way that they describe things is still fucking buck wild. As the years flow on, your fundamental deep structure of the cosmos removes you from the normal flow of time, and eventually your material shell fades as you merge into the demi-spell itself. Thereafter, your name becomes tied to powerful spells and rituals. You become a ghost? Well. You become a ghost. You become a wizard ghost? You become a wizard ghost, Kim, yes. Well, this is the... Stupid is the word I, you're looking for, Kim. Stupid is what it is. You I can just, also become a demigod, which I guess means, as it turns out, you're kind of a god in some well, ways. If a demigod is anything like a demi bra, it doesn't work very well. And I don't think they look great. Nope. <laughs> so also the, that's my opinion. The other one is the eternal seeker, which means you just keep keep going. Keep doing shit. My point is the um, the way that this game is framed, it breaks a lot of the f nice shit about D&D. And the major thing it, it changes is like decision making. That's gone now in 4E. So like the problem with 4E is not necessarily the rules of any specific spell or how they work even because like the idea of at will versus encounter isn't bad in and of itself. The, the problem is all the choices are gone, which is a weird sort of reaction to every other edition we've played. And actually like for us, Kim, this would actually be probably the worst version of D and D because it, it's specifically designed to stop us from doing the thing we do. Fucking with people, fucking with people with magic. Yeah. Because one, they don't have magic. And two, even if they did, the way the spells are described sort of precludes us from chicanery. <laughs> yeah, I just want to be mischievous. Yes. Which that's what cantrip means. A mischievous or playful act, a trick. If I want to cover you in diarrhea all day, every day, don't tell me I can't. That's your business, Kim. That's my business as a person who has a cantrip. Like, I think of prestidigitation as quite possibly one of the most dangerous spells you can give somebody. In this edition, they specifically word it so you can't use it creatively. You have to rely on damage dealing spells. And your list of spells is all that you get. So like in um, fifth edition and in third edition, one of the things that was sort of interesting was if you wanted to learn a spell, there were some baseline requirements to learn it, but you could just do that. Mm -hmm. So like if I was a fighter, if I had intelligence and, I, uh, and a book, 
I could potentially learn, I don't know, fireball as a spell that I could cast. It would be hard for me, but I could spec into it or I could make myself a wizard. Or if I was a wizard, there are things I can do to say like, okay, I, I'm a wizard. I have wizard spells, but I also have this spell that only druids can learn because of take your pick, whatever, whatever fucking bullshit I can think of. Right. Because nothing's as good as a wizard, but go right. on. In fourth edition, that concept doesn't exist really. You have your spell list and that is all. And every time you level, you can pick some more spells, but every time you level up, there are more spells you can pick from. And there are so many levels that like you would be essentially de-incentivized to ever pick a spell that's lower than the spell you just reached. And it's also a matter of like preparation because even though you've reached the level, you have to prepare the spell to use it. So you can only take so many spells with you at one time. So it's simultaneously a problem of there are too many spells and also there are not enough spells. <laughs> a billion spells you can pick from. You can only pick a couple of them. You can only use them a couple times per day and you're de-incentivized forever not trying to keep the most heavy hitting spells you have because all this game fucking cares about is blowing shit up. Yeah. It's, it's the fucking weirdest thing. They take everything that's fun about spellcasting and just broke it. Or making people covered in diarrhea. Well, Kim, in the additions that we love and care about, all we care about is diarrhea. Yeah. It just makes me not, it like, like totally blows the wind out of my sails. I just feel sorry for these kids. <laughs> and it's like, think of the children. I... <sighs> They're try you're trying to get them into D and D. Yeah. And they're I, I think this is the worst thing to use on them. You you just you want them to be interested and and like have a creative mind. And this was like the so I feel like a lot of D and D stereotypes are like bro like not bros, but whatever nerd bros that want to fight with each other right. and argue and um actually and like this book was made as like the ultimate um, actually to every player. Yeah. Well now, yeah, you will, you can do that, but, uh, we actually don't call it that anymore. And, uh, well, I know that you used to be, you used to do that, but like this, the new thing is that we don't do that. And so we like, never do that. You, we never talk. Uh, you about actually, that. you actually can't, uh, do that anymore. The way that, that, yeah. Like I know that that's what you thought you were going to do, but actually this says that you can't do that specific thing that you wanted to do with that specific spell which they're like not it's called spells anymore <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of well, like um like like if you like this cartoon and it's really good and then it was bought by like a very fiercely religious company and then they released oh, yeah. a new season and you're like that's all the same actors and they're all like the same characters basically but there's just something really weird and sort of watered down about their sexy adventures you know what i mean like there's just something off there yeah um, and it's like, we're still fun. We're still fun. No, we're still it's cool. Just, you, no, know, we're still, you know, just we just, we now. really, we cut out the fat and by the fat, we meant all the good stuff. Yeah. Typically the fat's <laughs> the part that you like in most desserts or candies or beverages or foods. Yeah. Cause I'm, I'm sure there are people who love this edition of D and D and rightly so. I mean, people like Vista. I liked Vista. Was that in uh, the late two thousands? Vista, uh, yes. Throw it in the capsule. Into the capsule. The perfect year, 2007, <laughs> 2008. <laughs> How could you improve it? The answer is you can't. Um, so the 
the the major problem with this is just like it, it takes a creative enterprise and makes it uncreative. There and and I say that Kim, like it it kills creativity, not just from the spells. That's part of it, but like the idea that my epic destiny is written down in the fucking rule book. Why would you do that? Yeah. Or like my epic destiny has a specific spell that was pre-planned. Also weird. Like why would you? Why is that in here? They've broken like the thing that was cool about the game, which was you can make shit up and, and kind of make it fit. You can't do that with fourth edition, even to the level of who your character is in the world. Because I didn't say this, Kim, all wizards are basically the same. Yeah. There are archetype wizards. You are a control wizard or a war wizard. And that's sort of it. And they specifically tell you what you should do with your character. It says you need high intelligence, you need high um, wisdom, and you need high dexterity. Putting good scores there would make the most sense. It's like, if you're going to just tell me what the fuck to do, why even pretend to give me the option? That's our footnote for fourth edition, Kim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that there were times where I was very upset. I feel like the more I know about D&D, the more I realize, the less I know. Mm -hmm. Um <laughs> As I'm learning words and phrases, I'm like, oh, shit, this whole time he was just saying words at me. And I was like, uh-huh. Now you're like, oh, wait a minute. I actually, hold on. Hold on. Wait, let me, let me check my notes. And we cut Holy to that, shit. like, that, that always sunny wall where you just yeah. have, like, the different editions of D&D &D with many pins. <laughs> <laughs> and finally it all syncs up. But, yeah. Yeah. No, I, so I get now why we've been struggling to find things in fourth edition it's because they made it hard on purpose mm -hmm. um well, i mean what was like D, D too popular were they like you know what we need to start we need to so, cut again we need to cut people out of this game too many people are playing D, D. it's really hard for me to speculate on that but i actually think it's the inverse i think it wasn't popular enough and the reason i say that is because if you were to compare the structure of how classes work in fourth edition, you would not be incorrect in seeing it's pretty much identical to like EverQuest or World of Warcraft MMORPGs that were massively popular specifically with the demographic of people who played Dungeons and Dragons. Oh. And, and this is the other thing that's sort of hard to, for people to grasp their mind right now, but Dungeons and Dragons the role-playing game that you play with your friends at a table is functionally a massively multiplayer online role-playing game. Right. The way that you engage with the product is as if you were engaging with World of Warcraft, where, I mean, to put it mildly, Kim, I pay a subscription to play a game in real life. Right. That's what, that's MMO shit. Yeah. And I would functionally be what's known as a whale because I pay far out the ass more than anyone else plays. But because of me, you can play the game at all. <laughs> like it's mm -hmm. weird. Um, yeah. Jojo, uh, Jojo, thank Jojo. Hey, for thank, thank you Jojo those guys today. through college um, over and over again. But in that time period, Kim, if you played D and D, you were not a recurring source of money, right? They, they went about it the way of, well, we want way more people to pay money for this game. The people who would already have buy it, have bought it. Let's make it dumberer so it's more approachable to the people who haven't already bought it. And nobody liked that. Okay. So I'm wondering, like, why? So, so what happened was, but like, World of Warcraft, 
was more popular than Dungeons and Dragons. Yes. But then when they tried to make Dungeons and Dragons more like World of Warcraft, it was wildly unsuccessful. So you're like, why is that? Why? Why? The problem was not that the game was inaccessible to the normal person. The problem was the community around the game was inaccessible to the normal person. Because they're a bunch of jerks. It, yeah, it was never the game. And with World of Warcraft, there was that built-in anonymity. That, like, you don't know who you're playing with. It could be someone from another part of the world. It could be a lady. It could be a, an FBI agent. You don't know who it is. Yeah. So So never, you always got to ask them if they're a cop because they can't if, lie. Yeah. And if they are a cop, then you know they shouldn't be the dungeon master because they'll not be able to make any entry. Right. The, the whole premise of the game is you need other people to play. MMORPGs work the same way, but the way that they employ that is there's a a huge degree of anonymity and there's a huge degree of like flattening of what an individual player can do that makes it so the average person feels comfortable doing it. D and D doesn't really have that. And most people didn't understand conceptually what they were supposed to do when they played D and D they didn't understand how it worked and there was no real onboarding fifth edition. When it came out, it came out at the same time that like Twitch started getting popular. And YouTube started getting popular. Oh, okay. So it was kind of like a perfect storm. And now it is much more like an MMO because there's a flattening in the way that you can interact with the community because there's so many things that aren't the game that you can look at to understand it. They, they, they basically went about it backwards to, to make it this way to solve a problem that wouldn't have been able to be solved anyway for another like 10 years. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I just feel like they fucked up. <laughs> yeah, Kim, I, I think that that's kind of the thesis statement here. I can give yeah. all the fancy reasons I want, but but you're right, Kim. They really fucked up. <laughs> I feel like if they had just thought about it a little harder, they would have realized they, they were the guy who's just like, I'm a nice guy. Why don't girls ever date me? Girls are always like, you're such a nice guy, but they don't realize that you know they're like why can't i meet a nice guy like you i'm standing right here hey, jennifer i'm a nice guy like me yeah hey exactly that's you dungeons and dragons <laughs> you want to know why girls don't like you look at you <laughs> don't look around and try to be more like other people be like you but a better version of you a better edition one might say yeah how about uh, instead of e5 or e6 you do an eu a european <laughs> union yes yeah they turn yes joe they go into the european <laughs> union everybody likes them i'm not saying be more like yourself i'm saying be more like the european union that's exactly what i'm saying you know what's funny kevin this is totally unrelated but i know in in china which is the other huge market for world of warcraft they're not allowed to show skeletons or ghosts really yeah so like, like they had to they edited out like they're like anytime there would be a skull in world of warcraft they replaced it with a loaf of bread so i'm like what is that for does D, &D exist there and if it does what did they change yeah they, could, they couldn't have had some of this shit just so many carbs just so for sure the Wu gen class is not there just also a loaf of bread just bread everywhere just press so digit bread, bread. <laughs> 
Uh, wait, hold on. I got one more. Okay. I got, uh, okay. Big Beast Bread. <laughs> <laughs> Big Beast Grasping Breads. <laughs> they hold the soup. Yep. Oh, my God. Or you smack your enemies together with two loaves of bread. <laughs> bread hands? Okay, now we got something. Yeah, beautifully sculpted, like on a British Bake Off. Jesus bread hands. Christ. Oh, thank you to, to the artist Halizda for the use of her song Swingin' Richards. It's the intro and outro of our, song, our, our show and is very pleasant. I love it. What the Spell is a uh, comedy podcast from the Mom Hat Comedy Crew. You can check out the stuff we do at mom-hat.com. Uh, we're trying to get more stuff out. It's tough. I'm teaching uh, my kid how to play Minecraft. It is not going well. No. Um, you can send us an email at what the spell email at gmail.com. And uh, I do look at them. Most of them are spam, but I do look at them. Um, so, how are you getting spam from a brand new email address? I don't know, Kim. It's the world we live in. Next time we'll do an actual spell. So I know this didn't have too much magic in it. Unless you consider the magic of comedy magic. And friendship. And friendship magic. Oh, and time capsules. Oh my gosh. If you like 2007, 2008, I tell you what, this was your episode. This is a good one. So if we said Katy Perry and one guy went, ah! I remember that. I remember Katy Perry. And they're just like, just keep your eyes on the road. Why are you yelling? <laughs> <laughs> I imagine we're a good driving podcast. I think so. Jeez. Maybe a walking in the arboreum. Kind of like a, like a, we're the number one podcast that was recommended because you listened to Critical Role. <laughs> Do you know a guy? Who knows a girl who's dating a dungeon master? I've told you about this podcast. <laughs> <sighs> okay, well, until next time, I'm JoJo. And I'm Kim. And we'll see you Abraka next time. I forget what I say. <laughs> That's it.